What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thanks for tuning in once again. Got Volume 9 of I Dig Records with my cousin, Rob Bobby Grews Grantfeld, coming at you this week. If you want to help support the podcast in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so, and that will help propel the podcast into the tops of those iTunes charts, giving more visibility on the national and international levels. Great way to support this thing and uh, help with the growth of the show and uh, contribute to the sustainability of it. So uh, I appreciate everybody that's already taken the time to do so. Appreciate you for just tuning in. Stoked to get into this one. We're talking about two really dope records. 2014 release from Todd Terry. It's album time. And the Sonny Chirac record, Ask the Ages, from 1991, a killer jazz record. So uh, we will move into that momentarily. I want to remind you to check out the links in the episode notes for Vortex Music Magazine, which is a publication out of here in Portland, Oregon, and Inside Voices Records, which is Rob's record label and there's a couple singles that will be dropping from that label in the near future and i will also place in the links the uh the instagram handles for rob and myself as well as rob's bands high pulp music and sun king and king underground records all that will be in there hope everybody is doing well out there Stay tuned next Friday for another fresh interview on the podcast. And uh, I don't want to waste too much more of your time. So let's just get into the thing. It's I Dig Records, Volume 9, coming at you. Let's do it. I just want everybody to know that I Dig Records. I Dig Records, bro. I Dig Records, bro. I dig records. Back again. Back again. We had a little break. Did we? Yeah, it's been fuck three, four weeks or so. At least four weeks since we've uh, put one of these out. So stoked to be. We'll back let the at listeners know, man. It is my fault, and I know that you know it doesn't matter. But sweet lord, I feel like every single time we schedule something, and I'm not just like, can we actually push this a couple days? Can we push this? <laughs> You know, we're both busy, though, so it's like it, it's beneficial to both of us. So it's yeah, we have uh, stuff to do. It's more fun, too, if we, we don't have to. Uh, I don't know if it doesn't have well, to be this huge obligation. If you know, we can you be want to be able to listen to the record that you're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's it's surprisingly hard, you know, like I don't know. I'm having a hard time sometimes trying to find the time you know to listen to the full record well because you want to like listen to it in the right 
headspace, I think, too, and, like, give it the mm-hmm. give it the right amount of time and shit, you know? Mm-hmm, I like to, mm-hmm. even even day of, of doing these, I like to sit down with each record in yeah. full, you know, and give it a give it a good listen, even if I've been listening to it on and off all week. Yeah. So. It's I'm hard, s- man. It is hard, but we're back at it. I'm stoked to get back at it. It's volume nine. I dig records, and uh, we got some. We 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 picked some lengthy records for this time. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. This and was a bath record for me. I listened to this record in the bath, and then I listened to it while I was playing Rocket League. Everyone knows that I'm <laughs> a, I'm a Rocket League guy. So hey, uh, we'll put the we'll put the gamer tag in the, li- in the, in the links. <laughs> yeah, get exactly. Him on, get him on man, Bobby Grooves. But I'll tell you what, man. Uh, I know we'll, you know we might not even get into it first, but actually no, fuck it. Let's get into the the Todd Todd Terzi. Oh, you want to go Terzi. right? Into it. It's Todd yeah, Terry. It's Todd Terry. Terry? Okay. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, man, that Todd Terry record. That's uh, a good Rocket League record. I feel like it was a great Rocket League record, <laughs> man. If, no, if nothing went, else, it's a great Rocket League. We went six and one last night, man. Um, Dude, is it wild when you just do you feel like you? I don't know. You hit some sort of different rhythm when you put music on sometimes when you're playing video games. Aside from absolutely, the, like, instead absolutely. of like just the sound from the game. Oh, absolutely. Sometimes it also works the other way. I think at times, I don't know, or maybe I just blame the music sometimes. Yeah, but, like, I feel you. Yeah, always, I had this it's always good to have something to blame. It is. I had this <laughs> one um this one uh day where we were playing and we were just killing it and I just was listening to uh Laugh Now Cry Cry Later by Drake, you know? Yeah. And uh and I just was like, Well, we just crushed it, like I'm gonna listen to that again, you know? Just, I'm gonna listen to that again. Wound up listening to that song for like I think like 80 minutes straight <laughs> just on repeat <laughs> laugh now cry later because I was like dude this is this is why I'm playing so well you know <laughs> so yeah man I feel you I feel you well we're gonna get into it's album time then from Todd Terry it's a yes a 2014 release from the Norwegian DJ producer extraordinaire and uh yeah this album is a trip dude like this is uh this is one of those those records that really expanded my uh, my horizons, my mind. Yeah. Um, especially in the electronic realm, this is like one of the probably one of the few electronic records that I own. And there's obviously oh, you like have a lot this of different. Vinyl. Yeah, there's obviously like a lot nice. a lot of different you know instrumentation on it, but um, it's so uh, it's a trip, dude. Uh, where did you come across it? So I found out about. Todd Terry, when I went and saw Tycho a few summers ago, mm. and they opened up for Tycho, and the people I was with knew who he was, and I had no idea. I was okay. just there to see Tycho, and they're right. just like, dude, this is going to blow your mind. And What was his set like? Was it a DJ dude, set? It was so sick. No, it was not a DJ set. He had um, the, his, his brother playing drums. Sick. And then another dude playing uh, like auxiliary guitar, bass, whole, like flute, all kinds of shit. He and then Todd himself is throwing down like on synth keys, NPCs, you know, some right. DJ uh, machines and whatnot. So DJ I think, machines, yeah, baby. DJ machines. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that was like really important for me to see. To mm-hmm. get into this music, uh, totally. Not that I, I think I would have liked it, like elements of it, 
But I mm-hmm. think being able to see it like perform live with a band, mm-hmm. that gave me like a different feeling towards all of it. So like when I listen to it, I think about that show and that's like that's a really memorable live show. I've never seen like I'd never seen anything quite like that. Right. And I mean, especially like hearing that, you know, in uh in a room like that. And it was like, an outdoor show, which was like oh, perfect. Cool. It was like yeah. it's at the, it's at Edgefield here in uh just outside of Portland, Oregon, which is right. one of the best outdoor venues I've gone to as far as like sound and whatnot. The sound is amazing. It's just really well set up. So just a really chill environment. I got up close and, you know, just really check things out, which was cool because since they were the opening band, you could kind of do that without having to fight your way to the front. But, you know, there's some people vibing and dancing. And then you also have people just chilling on the lawn and whatnot. Right. Yeah, man. I mean, I think that because so he's from Norway and. There's a whole nother music culture in Europe, you know, and um, specifically with like dance music and electronic based music. And I don't know, I have uh, I got some friends that are like really pretty deep into like electronic music and, and, and techno and all the like subdivisions of that. Man, yeah. it's such a deep world, you know, like if you say anything about like if you like try to like lump somebody in like like this just like going to raves getting fucked up and listening to like you know skrillex with like somebody that's like on some like dvs1 like midwest like you know old school techno like they'll that you know what i mean it's like there's so much nuance and and like pride and like it's a cool it's a cool community you know what i mean that i'm not really that deep in at all but like I know that like, man, like, yeah, like it's, it's like being like, yeah, I listened to like Miles Davis late jazz fusion shit. And like, you're mistaking this with like fucking, you know, some new Orleans big band shit, you know? And yeah. it's like, it's so eclectic, you know what I mean? It's such a big, deep, deep world. But yeah, him being over from, from Norway, I don't know. Like, I I think that a lot of the the music is like made. Like, I mean, he's been around for a while, but this this album came out in 2017? 2014. 2014, Okay, and it hit um, number two on the Norwegian billboards. Yeah, exactly. And it's like this. I mean, you know, I'm I'm sure that he's been DJing in clubs and and like just a whole nother thing. He got his his kind of recognition from the beginning, from what I understand, doing remixes Mm. as a DJ. And since then, it's gone on to be not only, like, you know, produce his own music, but he's also produced a lot of music for other people, even in the pop world, not just in the, you know, not just in this dance realm. But I guess in Norway, he's known as one-third of the, the holy trinity of, like, Norwegian disco. All right, Todd. I don't know. I don't know who the it didn't it didn't make any mention of uh of the who the two. who the others were, but uh, the <laughs> Holy Trinity of Norwegian disco, and uh, get it, man. Yeah, I think I think there's definitely there's some fat disco vibes on on this record. Totally, and, and I mean my my long my long winding reason that i was bringing that up that you saw him live is that i think that this music is like made to be experienced in a live setting you know what i mean 
like and i think that that's what like ties into like you know basement dance parties like the european club music scene you know what i mean like i mean that's like record and that's just as much like the thing that like kamal williams is also taking inspiration from you know what i mean is like these like dj these breaks these like this like european like club scene you know that we don't have in the states nearly like like they do and yeah to be able to see that live and to and even if you weren't seeing it live with the drummer like you were just to like be able to hear it in some like crazy nice sound system where everybody's just getting down and like you know these are long tunes you know but like over the but if you put it in context of like you know you're you're at a club or something like you know like these it's just a totally different lens i think than like a lot of people are used to like listening to music through you know so it was even challenging for me at times because i think the first time i listened to the record i was like oh this is cool you know I, i didn't dislike it at all i could I could tell what was going on and I liked it a lot, but I, I sort of wished that it had like a little bit more of a, a rawness or an acousticness to it. And then I started playing Rocket League, man. <laughs> and and then, you found the right realm for it. Yeah, man. And I was like, oh, wait, no, dude, this shit is like, like I want that snare to be the exact same every time. You know what I mean? I want that to be like, this I want calculated that, like, thing. Exactly. I want that to be mechanical, you know? And that, that so that was like, sort of the turning point um where yeah and, and then also like just the sounds that he gets like these are great i mean dude's definitely killing production wise production is so sick on this record it sounds amazing and i like th- you know like it definitely requires some patience at times in the sense that like a lot of a lot of the parts can maybe like feel repetitive for a while but if you're patient with it and let it develop then these subtle other things come through that start yeah. giving it its character. And then it maybe, maybe it hits a whole nother movement that you were not expecting. And that's also the whole sort of the thing that I'm saying of like, it's like, yeah, the stuff is sort of just like sitting there for a while sometimes, but like, that's because it's to dance to, you know what I mean? Like if you're just breaking every four, four bars and changing and changing and changing, it's like, Man, some of the best things, at least when I'm DJing, is like when I can just find something that just grooves for like three minutes. You know what I mean? And it's just like, boom, like it's a six minute song with just this middle section that just goes in. And that's when like you start to see people like really getting into the music, you know? So it's like, I think it's like definitely tied to, you know, this is this is music to be experienced live, to be danced to, you know? Right no rush you know there's no point in rushing these tunes you know i feel you yeah for sure so you heard him opening for Tycho. yeah man and like yeah you know that was like i said i think it was important for me to get to see it that way and mm-hmm. change my interpretation of of listening to this record through and through you know totally
I just I lost all my notes. By the way, I was like, I have these in my in my Apple Notes. Yeah. And it ended up in the recently deleted, and now it's completely gone, which is really sick. Now you can just be like me. I never so, have notes. We yeah. Do this man, it's just so. Um. Yeah, I'll just have to roll with the punches. Hell yeah. But let's see. So, uh, Preben goes to Acapulco. Yep. All right. This this song at like the two minute mark. Yeah, with that like oh. smoke synth bass type thing going. Yeah, in. but then it ju- it jumps into like this this real Biggie Smalls <laughs> type type pocket beat on it, man. Like it gets yeah, it, it sounds exactly huge. like it sounds exactly like hypnotized. Yeah, in the bass and the drums, yeah. Dope to see it live because you're seeing Todd throw down these synth solos, right? While he's doing his other shit, right? He's throwing right. down all these crazy synth solos, right? Yeah, I got this in my ears right now. And, yeah, and, no, that's just you cool. Know, I don't, I don't think it's all. I don't think every track is amazing by any means. Um, and but. You know, you got something like it's the fourth track. It's uh, Svenskas. Svenskas, yeah. Um, like I think that's one of those tracks that that just kind of shows the goofier side of this dude who appears to not really take himself so seriously, and that it's definitely true. comes out in a track like this. Totally. No, this is like a thing that sort of like leans into the uh, like it feels like a soundtrack sort of thing. You know? Yeah. It's that like being a vo- said, a vocoder on there or something. This is this is one of the tunes that I could leave as far as taking it or leaving it. You know, Agreed. I was just sort of like, eh, all right, you know. I think I think I am impressed just uh, with his use of, of like the vocal as an instrument somehow in mm-hmm. here, where mm-hmm. it's just like you can't even make out what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's definitely using it as an instrument to keep things moving. Totally. And then, uh, man, this is, so this is the thing about this record. Like to me, it's like less about songs and more about sections. You know? Yeah, like, absolutely. Strand bar, like the fifth song. I think that this is one of my favorite tracks for sure. Yeah, it's it's just a vibey. It's 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 a DJ's dream. You know, this is just something you can put on and it's great. But it's sort of just cruising. You know, the whole time. But then you get to this section. Ooh. At like the two at, minute mark or what? No, the section at like the three minute mark when the, when everything disappears. Mm. And it's just the kick and the keys. Oh yeah. <sighs> the voice scenes. Yeah. 
Yeah, like that's a that's a vibe, you know, and I, I like that that he. I don't know, cause like otherwise, that tune took a while to pay off to me. I don't know. I was just it felt a little just like contrived. It was like oh this is that thing, you know, that I've heard, and then then it goes to this thing, which is also not like revolutionary, but like there's just something about this, and as it keeps building, you start to get these. Uh, Ooh, yeah, now now we're just, you start to get the tension still building with whatever that synth is, and then when the drums come back in, it's just full four on the floor, you know, just like a bunch of 18-year-olds losing their mind on acid type yeah, thing. Yeah, man, it's you know? an MDMA trip. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, and, and I guess, that, yeah, that's what I meant as far as, you know, being patient with some of the mm-hmm. repetitiveness of the songs, because there is mm-hmm. these very subtle developments that happen mm-hmm. where you're hearing these little tiny things come through that weren't there before and then yeah all of a sudden you're in this big this big drum break totally and the people are losing their mind i think this is like a really dope uh road trip album as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one of totally. one of my favorite tracks on the record is the one that comes after Strandbar, which is delorean dynamite yeah and this is this is one that i specifically remember from that show because the other thing that was great about this show is that um there was a lot of visuals going on Mm-hmm. So during this point, you're seeing this dope ass DeLorean cruising through these crazy roads of probably Norway or, you know, somewhere oh, yeah. in Europe. And you're just oh, getting yeah. this vibe and just zoning into this thing. Um, and yeah, this this song is definitely one that I dig a lot. It just sort of feels like an extension of the last song in a good way. It's just like he, he, now you're this deep in the record. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. bam, like, and it's it's almost got like those those fat Phil Collins synths, totally. In the three like at the three minute mark, da, da, totally. Da. <laughs> it's nasty, dude. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I mean, just even the the regular paths just feels like some like damn funk too. Like, this is sort of like um, I don't know, a little bit more rigid damn funk vibe. I don't know. Have you listened to much damn funk? Yeah, for sure. I, yeah. I hear what you're saying as far as the vibe those of synths. That. Those synths remind me of damn funk. The drums don't, and the bass line and stuff like the arpeggiators, like, but. Uh, but the, the overarching synths that just like space synths very yeah very cool oh, very dude. damn funky you know yeah the layering on this whole record is is really dope like i love the spacey synths that that appear everywhere and i think at like the 320 mark on this song on delorean dynamite the guitar mm-hmm. starts ripping in and that guitar tone is like super dope and it's ripping
Mm, got that little like a little phaser on there, a little flange or something, and a little chorus. Yep. Yeah, that's that's exactly how you want that guitar to sound, you know? Yeah, if there that's if exactly there's exactly how you want that guitar to sound. That's definitely one of the tracks I think that stands out is this DeLorean Dynamite one to me for sure. And I got uh, a video it was of them. one of the sing- it was one of the singles on the record as well. Yeah, I got a video of them right now playing this tune. Holy shit, the version of this tune that they do is 22 minutes long. Is it a three-piece band? Uh, no, they have strings. But dude, 22 minutes. Well, yeah, I think that's like what I also saw in the in the live show is that there's a lot of improvisation that goes on totally. in a show like this, you know. And these, and and I think you have to be a pretty killer musician to pull this off live with Todd. You know. Oh yeah. No, I mean With everybody knows what they're doing. Yeah. No, this is interesting. Yeah, I hadn't looked any of this up yet. Yeah, this is a five-piece band with two string players. Huh. Yeah, I'm almost positive Sorry. I saw them as a three-piece. It was him and two others. It might have been him and three others. That's also possible. Um. There might have been a dedicated bass player, but I was almost positive that the one dude was more an auxiliary player and playing guitar on some tracks, bass on some tracks, because Todd was throwing down so much on the on the synth bass or the bass synth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was I was so impressed watching his brother play drums on like with yeah. Was like it a full? It was a full drum set, or was he playing just kit. like bongos? Dude. Full kit, and he had it set up so weird where the toms were in such an awkward position. I don't know if it's like that in the video that you're watching. No, but it's not. It was it was such a wild setup. Yeah, I mean, seems like it. Like, it, it makes sense though. Like, these guys are just trying to. <coughs> these folks are just trying to get out there and 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 stretch you know what i mean using the music as sort of just like a jumping off point you know as opposed to like okay there's these rigid rules of of when things need to happen you know because like at the end here and the delorean dynamite tune now 20 minutes in it just sounds like a totally different song (laughs) you know which is tight like that that's a more fun way to fucking do it every night than than playing it the same way it was definitely one of the more exciting live performances I've ever seen, which was so cool because it was cool. a complete surprise to me. I had no idea what I was in for. Um, right. yeah. So the 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 track that I can definitely do without here is Johnny is and Mary. Johnny and Mary. Oh my god! And dude. that's a that's a Robert Palmer cover, and I just man, it drags on for so long. It's a six and a half minute song that was originally a four minute song. And the tempo is slowed down from the original. And the original tune isn't bad. Like I, I checked it out. I like some Robert Palmer jams. He's got some he's got some really great stuff, especially in the like late 70s. He's got a lot of really cool like funky R and B shit. And uh, yeah, his version of the song isn't isn't bad, but this cover I just don't feel like it has a place on the record. At first, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like, cool, we got this slowed down jam, and I think this is like a nice break for a second. But then it 
as soon as this dude starts singing, singing I'm just bro, not a fan of it. Yeah, it gives no. me like Morrissey vibes, and I can't stand Morrissey. <laughs> Johnny's always running around trying to find certainty. He needs all the world to confirm that he ain't lonely. Mary counts the walls, knows he tires easily. Johnny thinks the world would be right. I don't even. I I I can get down with some Morrissey, but it it gives me Morrissey vibes in the worst way. Like yeah, for sure. It, it it's just like yeah, it's just I just hate it, man. It's taking itself too seriously. You know, I don't yeah. know, man. I just was listening to it. it. I thought that my like I thought my phone had like like put me on put to on like a different record <laughs> yeah i thought it i thought it was like i was like that's not the end of the record right i'm on shuffle now like into the the artist radio or some shit and it's like no this is just the next song on the record so yeah i i mean it's good we can agree on that one man but i don't know it's just yeah this, this record's an hour long like you could make it six and a half minutes shorter and take this one off like yeah be, it's interesting i was I was reading on the Wikipedia that that the versions of this record are pretty different from di- from the different formats. So yeah, the vinyls like on the vinyl shorter. version, there's no Swing Star Part One, I believe. Uh huh. And then on the Japanese version, there's only ten tracks, and a lot of them they're edited down. Huh. Um, and f- a few of these tunes, Swing Star Part One, is. Part Two. And Inspector Norse and maybe a couple others are from uh, the it's it's the ARP CP, mm. um, which that's cool. Like I feel like that used to be a really common thing at a certain point where it, you know songs from EPs would end up on full lengths. Yeah, as, totally. as just kind of preview. But yeah, man, I just really wish that uh, Delorean Dynamite went into Alfonso Muscadunder and, and the, vi- the music over video Johnny and Mary. The- the music video for Johnny and Mary though has 5.4 million views, <laughs> and it's only five That's minutes crazy. long. Crazy! It's only five minutes long. I'm so confused. Yeah. I don't know, man. It just, yeah, this track definitely wasn't for me, and I don't know if when I've been asked a couple times like, what is what is the artist that's really well respected that that you just don't like, and it's usually my answer is Morrissey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like Morrissey and yeah. Rush I'll have Andy. <laughs> Andy Andy loves Morrissey. I'll have him give a give you a little a little reason why why to get into Morrissey. And I'm I a little more open to the Smith leave. stuff. There's some Smith stuff that I'm a little more like cool with and I mean, I don't know. I I wouldn't say that I can't stand it, but it, it's just uh, it's uh, it just hasn't found a place for me yet. Yeah, that's for sure. And I don't know, I don't know that it ever will. But um, yeah, man. Alfonso though. Alfonso is like one of the shorter tracks on the record. Yeah, three and a half minutes. Yeah, a little jamming seven. This tune is cool because, especially at like the 145 mark, he's using these vocals again in this really cool and creative way. It feels like some like video game, you know what I mean? 
Um, yeah. I really appreciate that, you know? Um, but I don't know. I just, I, I don't even think it's this song's fault. I just think that it's, this shit's so long at this point. You know what I mean? But like this song is actually hella, hella cool. Like this like synth guitar chaos at 215 is like pretty tight. The drums are burning, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I this is actually, it's in my ears. That's why I'm pausing. Whoo, yeah, man, yeah, the drums. It, gets, it goes way out, like at yeah, the two-minute no. mark. Yeah, this but is it, actually one it, of my favorite tunes. It does suffer a little bit. This song in particular, I feel like, suffers because of the Johnny and Mary track. Fucking Johnny and Mary. <laughs> because <laughs> I think once you get through this and get into the Swing Star Part One and Two, this is right. the rest of this record is my favorite it's section burning. of the record. It's burning, yeah, absolutely. Like nine, um, ten, eleven, twelve. This, these are my favorite jams. The Swing Star stuff. Let's play. Let's play really Alfonso. Dope. Let's play that for the for the folks. You want to play Alfonso? Yeah, that's the one I'm calling. You can call right. whatever whatever else cool. you want. We'll jump this into this. Alfonso uh, Muscadunder.
that tune's burning. It's uh, the drum break, the synths, the guitar, the everything. It's in seven at moments, and then it goes back. It's, it's interesting. I feel like that's a cool moment where he's flexing his um, compositional skills on a maybe a smaller timeline, right, since it's three and a half instead of seven minutes. And because of that, I appreciate the form a lot because it's a little bit more condensed, you know. Um, and it's really interesting. Like, there's so much momentum through that whole song. I think that's where it's, like, really strong. Yeah, the, like, the, uh, the last 20 to 30 seconds of it feel like it could be some theme to a tv show or something totally it's got cartoon yeah yeah totally like be killer for it'd be killer for an like something that something animated for sure hell yeah i like a lot of this record that that so much of it um kind of goes into each track seamlessly for the most part too with the exception of a few moments Mm -hmm. like even on that first that intro track if you're not paying attention you don't really know where that second track even starts. Nope, exactly. So I did. I really dig that that you kind of got to pay attention to like where those movements are. Swing Star Part One, though, man, with the arpeggiators. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. This uh, this is definitely up there for me. Yeah, this has um. I feel like this is where it gets really spacey too really spacey and far out this whole last section of the record totally he's got the whole thing going through the phaser i do wish let's see what happens Yeah, so that's a that's a classic example of like you just sort of like faded out the drums and then faded them back in. They went through a phaser and it it just felt like a little predictable. And I was like, man, like you know the uh, I was so excited just to see where this thing was gonna go. Like I I like the thing about Alfonso that I like is that he takes so many like turns, so many unpredictable turns, and so far, you know. I don't know, in other tunes like Swing Star, I'm not hearing those unpredictable turns as much as it's just sort of like a vibe. You know what I mean? And that's not a good or a bad thing. I do think it's like I definitely have a preference for the shit that takes a little bit more turns. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I understand. I think I think there's a, there's a few of those moments, at least in the beginning of the record. Yeah, no, um, I think so. And low-key, though, Inspector Norse is my favorite song on the record. Dope. Yeah, yeah. Inspector Norse is, is an amazing track. We'll play it roll. I, I was thinking we'd probably play that one yeah. out. So it's not, it's, yeah, like, there's, there's, there's other parts, because that tune sort of has some meandering turns as well. I just, the, the thing about Swing Star is that, like, at least part one, it started so cool, and I was like, oh, I want you to, like, take, take me somewhere. And I, I feel, feel like, like we're just maybe, doing the same thing. Yeah, I feel like maybe you get that out of part two, and I don't know if it was intentionally built that way. Right, yeah. 
I mean, they are titled that way, so. Right. Yeah, part two. Seemingly the same drum sounds, which is a cool thing. Cool, like, you know, through. What's that shit that's coming fun. around, though, like in that 20 second mark? That. Let's hear do, it. Do. Do, 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 almost like an 808 cowbell um i don't think it is yeah. but it's uh yeah i mean it's definitely just some uh some midi thing it might be an 808 cowbell yeah those are the shit but i yeah this is definitely like one of those tracks again where there's like a lot of repetition and it slowly layers things and there's new new stuff that that comes about Mm-hmm. No doubt. I, I think I I prefer this. And I prefer the way that it is sort of like using a little bit more space than maybe part one. I also, you know, shit's groovy. you got the clave in the background. Dot, 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 you know. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, I like everything drops out at 135, you know, 130. Um, I want to move backwards over something we skipped kind of early on because you were talking about kind of the, you know, that there's not too many of the unexpected turns. Right. But on uh, Leisure Suit, suit, yeah, yeah. Leisure Suit Preben, when you go to the, uh, if you jump in like maybe a minute 45, you got this nice little orchestral thing going on. I love the way he uses the, the strings with everything. Like yeah. he's got these beautiful strings with with these these crazy synths going on. Totally. No, this shit sounds like some like David Axelrod like totally but then like around this 210 mark. This almost even has like some like fly low vibes. It gets real dark and heavy. spots than where this song started totally yeah and the way that this whole section develops like if you fast forward to like the three minutes and then you go to the fucking 350 once these like vibes the vibraphones and marimba start coming in then he like modulates because like what he's he's playing the one triplet, two triplet, yeah, three yeah, triplet, yeah. four triplet, but he's voicing it as one two 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 one two. So then he already has it set up that he can go one two one two one two one two three four one two three four boom boom boom. Yeah. And then you know that becomes the new one. Um, 
yeah so those are like cool cool little tricks and like those are the things that like when i and obviously they're not tricks for tricks sake like they serve a musical function an artistic function and when i like heard that happen i was like okay that's cool like i i, I liked i liked that element of it and right off the gate i was like okay this guy you know and then you hear what he does on the acapulco song like uh you're like yeah this this person's a musician you know like this person's definitely like it maybe not scholastically studied maybe so but like definitely at least like i can tell like the cat knows what they're doing you know what i mean like yeah so for sure yeah man um I like the percussion on this record, the way he uses some of the totally. Uses I just them. wish that, and this is this is just me being um, a, a, a fucking idiot, probably, but I just wish that there was some like more acoustic percussion sounds. If you put this with like more acoustic shit, but I'm a drummer, right? Like, and For I sure. like that's my shit. So like, I just like it'd be so much more interesting at times. Like that's why I also like Alfonso. Because it feels like there's almost like a real drummer there. There might be, uh, I don't think it is, but there might be, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but like, yeah, that's just not the purpose of the record. You know what I mean? I want every record to be like, I want to hear, the, I want to see the drums do something. But yeah, any you know. of the any of the acoustic percussion that's there is is very subtle, if any. Like on Oh Joy" towards the end, it sounds like maybe you get a touch of it, but even that is still sounds like it's got a lot of filters on it or phasers yeah i mean it might yeah i think that's still just programmed maybe not i don't know it It doesn't matter it doesn't matter you know for sure i i like that vibe though like around the yeah i'm hearing around like like six minutes yeah six minutes you start to hear it a little bit and as uh as things get a little quieter and that that becomes one of the only thing left This one just reminds me of uh, like Rainbow Road on uh, uh, Mario Kart, you know, (laughs) just like it's just like a sprint and it's just like, you know, I think that, you know, a tune like this is really good at what it does. Yeah. And if you are in the place where this is what you need, you're not going to find anything better than Oh Joy. (laughs) And if you're not, you're like... What the fuck is this? <laughs> you know, for sure. That's not even shade. Like I, I, I like this song a lot. This is one of the ones that, and this whole record is really like so in its like vibe. You know what I mean? Like it's right like, from the get go, he creates yeah. the world from the get go. And I think that that's badass. Like that is the that is the sign of of a master at their craft. Like cr- controlling, creating the environment, and making it undeniable. You know, like that Definitely. is the thing that is like you have to you have to recognize that and appreciate that maybe you don't have to appreciate it but you at least got to recognize it for sure man um inspector norris baby this is the one 
Inspector Norris, uh, we'll we'll play this section out with this track. Um, yeah, dude, this this was just a record that was. Uh, I felt like it was pretty important to uh, just kind of expanding my brain a little bit, you know. And like I said, I don't have too many electronic records in the uh, mm-hmm. in the record collection. You know, there's some Tycho in there, but even I don't know. Some people, you know, say that that's that's a like that's not dipping this. your foot that's dipping your feet in yeah. for electronic and there's so much live instrumentation on the Tycho records like right. that's just part of their vibe is it's a, it's the mix of those two things which is right. what I like about that band a lot especially when you get to see it live but it's not this and it's definitely opened me up to a lot of other things and definitely like I said one of the more memorable live show experiences I've seen as a surprise like I would if if you ever have the opportunity to see Todd Terry, you go see Todd Terry. It's going to be mm-hmm. a crazy yeah. good show. When that synth comes in at one twelve, man, in this in Inspector Norris, that's when I was like, yeah, this is my favorite song on this record. Well, they're going to hear the whole track, the the whole track here, and uh, back in, I mean, this was back in twenty fourteen, just six years ago. But uh, at Damn that near time, near before computers, man. At that time, um. Pitchfork I was like when you were like you were like 40 at that yeah dude, 30, I was like 39 40, 42 <laughs> <laughs> dick <laughs> um yeah at that time though pitchfork uh, recognized this as uh one of the 100 best albums of the decade so far look at that look at that look at it's, that and it's funny there's there's a couple other uh critiques here like in this wikipedia page yeah what do they say <laughs> one of them is uh the guy from this dude from all music wrote terry should set aside the experiments and just focus on making sleek and shiny electro disc disco tracks the rest only gets in the way of a good time which i completely disagree with yeah dude fuck all music you know <laughs> like, like i think i who think gives a shit about what all music has to say <laughs> i don't even know all music. i don't even know if i'm familiar with uh that that blog so much but um yeah i I don't know i feel like that's like the parts where he gets experimental is what makes this music interesting that's like if some like company made like like a fucking yeah all music man are you kidding me just the worst name dude sorry tim 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 i mean all yeah it's all music is just some like fucking big conglomerate bullshit thing like they have all movie they have all game they have all music it's just like this like i don't know i don't i don't think hey all music cats get at me uh <laughs> please let's talk his, about uh, music his, his instagram handle yeah, will be in the Bobby episode Groves, <laughs> and please get at hey. me and prove to me that i should care what anyone at all music has to say <laughs> Hey, this guy plays I, drums, okay? Yeah, man. <laughs> it's like I'm not going to make like a fucking basketball shoes line and call my shoe line basketball shoes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this is fucking stupid. I, I, I have know. to like open this up now. Um, Like, what? where is this? All music? Are you kidding me? All music? All podcast. All podcast. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> fucking, are you kidding me? Just like, uh, it's just like. Yeah, dude. I don't know. Yeah, but 
this is a cool record i think it's in my collection and i'm glad that you uh i'm glad that you dug it and found like the the right yeah, space man. to like listen to it in like i said if you're playing rocket my league, rocket league game this man. is the record i went six and one on. listening to this last night so um yeah road trips parties um you know whatever whatever you need it for that, that this record is uh is where it's at for that you know so let's shout get into to uh, yeah. Shout out to Todd. Come on the show if uh, if you'd like to uh, further discuss this. And I'd really like to know about your choice to put Johnny and Mary, <laughs> Johnny and Mary on. <laughs> My cousin Rob has uh, criticized me for being too nice on this podcast. At that's times. the first. That's want, honestly the first like negative need, thing that you've said on this whole podcast. You know, I don't. I don't know if it's if if it's the first negative thing I've I've said, but. But um, I just needed you to know that I, you know, I have some hey. some critiques too, and like I also have to call out things when I don't. It's definitely feel. the strongest thing you said. I think it's just one of the things, especially for a record that I brought. You know, because mm-hmm. obviously when 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 you're the person picking the record, you feel right. pretty strongly about it. Yep. But when I was listening back to this record, like, what I was fuck? like, I I was just thinking about this song. Yeah, man. And I was just thinking to myself i don't even know if i should have brought this record to the table now <laughs> what is my fucking cousin gonna think of this record listened, just I, based I, I on just, this on this track but uh no, I, 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 I just needed to let you know i just needed to let you know that i you know i, I have strong feelings about shit too and, and it's not all it's not all roses over here that's good that is, <laughs> that is damn good all right this is inspector norse off the it's album time record
I like the I, I like the uh, the end of Inspector Norse. It's got the crowd chanting. Yeah, totally. And everybody, can you if you if you listen closely, you can hear them singing the uh, the melody. Did it? Did it? Did it? It's badass, dude. That song's so fucking good. It's a cool way to end the record, you know. Definitely. It's like feels like a nice little bow tie at the end. All right, man. Moving forward, we're keeping it instrumental this Hell week yeah. with another uh, with another instrumental mm-hmm. record. This killer jazz record. Keep it instrumental with another instrumental. Yeah, we're keeping it instrumental with another instrumental. <laughs> Sonny Chirac. If anything, so this, we're well spoken on this podcast. I'll tell you what. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Educated. Um. Yeah. I, I remember uh, going into this. Uh, Coming out of last week's episode, you were telling me how you used to listen to uh, Blind Willie. Oh, no. like uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Blind Willie. Every, yeah. every morning. Every single morning. In college? In college, yep. Was know, that did your, you listen to that? Yeah, I did. Was that your it. introduction to uh, Sony? No. No, I came to that the other way around. I came to Blind Willie after I came to Ask the Ages. Um my introduction to Sonny was Who Does She Hope To Be? The the ballad. Oh, the, dude. The best song ever, maybe. Um, I love this song so much. And I keep on never getting around to it, but keep on talking about starting, you know, like a, a, a jazz quartet, quintet type thing. And, you know, talking about what tunes we would play. I'm always like, okay, the tune I want to play is Who Does She Hope To Be? I love this song so much. And uh, my roommate, my sophomore year, we lived together uh, at school. His name was Eli. He showed me. He was like, hey, Bob, you ever heard of Sonny Chirac? And I was like, no. And he was like, this dude makes his guitar sound like a horn, you know? And I was like, cool. And he, <laughs> you know, and he played uh, "Who Does She Hope to Be," and I was like, "This is also just like the most beautiful song ever," you know. Um, and you know, I, then I did a little research on it, and you, Elvin Jones is playing drums, um, which quick sixty seconds about Elvin Jones. There's, there's like two jazz drummers that just. This is up for debate, I guess. But, like, nobody is ever going to question how influential Tony Williams and Elvin Jones were in the world of drumming, you know? And Elvin Jones played with Coltrane and everybody else that he wanted to. Just legendary. He is the dude. Like, you know, like, he... Elvin, you know? Um, And you have other amazing, great, like... Max Roach and Jack Dejanet and Philly Joe Jones and Roy Haynes and, you know, I mean, the list goes on. Billy Cobham. Um, but, like, the amount of influence, and I mean, you know, influence is always linear, right? So, like, Max Roach came around in the, you know, 50s, you know, Art Blakey, too. Can't forget Art Blakey. But, like, those guys were really influential. But then when you know, Tony Williams and Elvin Jones come around, like, later in that decade and really come to prominence in the 60s, like, what they do is really, like, like, Elvin, man, when you listen to this record, it's, like, almost like he's, like, 
playing rock and roll you know what i mean Dude. but it's like jazz you know what yeah. I mean? it's like so much jazz but it's like but it's not like polite jazz it's not like it's it's you know what i mean it's like it's like this like spiritual thing you know what i mean it's yeah. like this like like weight of the world type thing um so yeah uh, so I, I hear because so I know who Elvin is at that point, of course. And so I see, OK, I don't know who the Sonny Chirac guy is. My guy Eli shows it to me. and I'm like, oh, shit, this is Elvin playing on this record. OK. And then this is also Pharaoh Sanders playing on this record. Right. One of my favorite saxophone players. So I was like, whoa, OK, Sonny Chirac is actually like the dude, you know, like I didn't know this. And then. Uh, you know, the rest was sort of history. I just sort of like soaked this record up for I still listen to this record sort of frequently i don't know i don't know how frequently i listen to anything but like this has yeah. not fallen out of rotation you know For i've been sure, listening man. to this since i ever first heard it and l i learn something different every time i listen to you know you're getting a lot of those those people i mean this record came out in 91 mm -hmm. that's so you're getting too. some of those players after they're 20 30 years into the game mm-hmm you know there's they no question that lose. what there's also no question that they don't have like that they don't have a handle on what they're doing right. and and the drumming on this record is yeah. definitely one of my favorite elements of it yeah and i i think there's some specific parts that i as we get into some tracks i'll ask you about because I, I just had some uh totally. some kind of questions just from a drummer's totally. standpoint from a player's standpoint totally. um but I, I will tell you from the get-go you know, spoiler alert! Yeah. I, I this has to be in my collection. Like, it's not on vinyl, man. What? Yeah, no, man, no, it's not. <laughs> you can talk to Dan about that. I know, for real. There's, <laughs> there's a, there's a cassette that's like hella expensive. Let me see. Ask the dude. Ages. This is Sonny Chirac. Okay. I. Oh, oh wait, dude. Oh. Is it there a is. pressing of this now? It just came out, dude. July first. Go get one, baby. <laughs> I, I will, like tonight. Uh, I this is um, this is easily one of my favorite jazz records already. Killing man, like I'm this so is happy up there with that. some of my favorites, and yeah. like a lot of those you have had a hand in turning me onto. You're definitely like my my big entry into jazz. And I've definitely right. like seeked out some stuff on my own yeah, as well. You showed and found me a lot of, of my cool favorite shit. records, like totally. But this is right up there with like Thelonious Monk's "Brilliant Corners" is one of my favorite jazz records. Yeah. And this is like this sits right there with right it, there, man. Right there. And I just I just love from the get go. I love how this record kicks off with promises kept. Yeah, man. And it's important, like man, it's a really cool point that you bring up that I'll just touch on real quick. That this is from '91. Right. Yeah. So like this is like coming out like and this is this is upright bass. This is Elvin. This is Pharaoh. This is electric guitar. Like this is not like I how do if I you articulate say this? It's this timeless. shit sounds yeah, it's, it's timeless. timeless bro. It's timeless. If if I had known when this came when this had come out if I had to, if I didn't know and I had to guess, I would have guessed that this came out maybe in like the seventies. I don't know, maybe around like the Tony Williams uh emergency era uh or like i like i would not have guessed this is from 91 you know what i mean it's so late this was like the black this was this is the black hole era of jazz where it's like kenny garrett kenny kirkland i like i don't like 
you know, yeah, Branf- know. Branford, Marsalis. Like, there's some stuff going on in the the 80s and 90s, but it's like sort of a, it's sort of the dark age of jazz. Like, you know, like you have rock and roll, you have grunge, you have hip hop, you have like everything other than jazz. You know what I mean? And this record just fucking popping out like and that's the thing like you said like elvin at this point i mean when did elvin even die um like yeah he died in 2004 uh he was born in 27 so like elvin is what is that quick math 64 He's 64. Damn. He has nothing left to lose. Like, that's what I'm saying. You can hear that. You know, you can hear it in all of their playing that they're just all just like going for it. So, yeah, Promises Kept, the most killing way to start. This super cool head. And just the tone in the guitar is it's just got that like. Hendrix vibe. Yeah, totally. That dirty Hendrix vibe. And it's, I don't know. I think, I feel like that melody that kicks things off kind of becomes this familiar or reference thing in some way throughout other moments of the record totally it just feels uh, like that and then it wastes no time you know a minute 20 in you're in this horn solo yeah you're in pharaoh sanders type shit and it's out I think I love the the tension that these yep. moments create. Totally, you know? man. And it's uh, it's those uncomfortable moments for sure. Yeah. But there's like so much magic in those moments, you know. And I mean, yeah. If you fast forward in Pharaoh's solo to 240, and then it's you have control, dude. you have Sunny that creeps in. And is starting to play too. That shit and is crazy, dude. I don't understand how he's able to find a place in there. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I mean, they're, they're just all playing a lot of notes. But actually, I mean, Sonny's the one playing the notes here, and Pharaoh sort of just like left, left like the world of like playing licks and phrases, and sort of just moved to playing like tone based extended type shit you know just sort of like yeah aesthetic like pharaoh's the aesthetic there and then that seamless transition to sunny solo is so cool Thank you. 
it's just crazy to me that I don't know that that's just the thing that's super impressive to me across the board I guess always with with jazz but something that's that far out that yeah, is just able to find something amidst all that madness and then the way that yeah and then they just drop down and this is where you can see the mastery like of you know the, the seamless transition and then they don't like slow down obviously they don't they don't no, but there's up, a, there's this but they big just let it breathe moment. exactly exactly they let it breathe a little bit to then like you know grow again you know yeah this shit's just crazy it's like we're gonna start this record with a 10 minute song this is a six song record that's 46 45 44 minutes i also you know as as you get into who does she hope to be the second track mm-hmm. that we referenced early is you know just this iconic ballad beautiful tune mm-hmm. um I'd totally be down to just like throw this whole track up for anybody that's yeah, never heard it before. Let's let's um, let's do that. Let's do that. Cool. Let's jump into let's it early see. here. Thank you. 
the bass solo around the three minute mark of that yeah, track. Totally. Totally. Just crushing. And like you said, that's that stand up bass. It's 1991. Yeah, yeah totally. It feels man. like it's some late yeah. 60s, 70s yeah, totally. jazz record. And I don't know, man. I've, as For as amazing as this track is, I don't think it's that. I don't think it comes across that, like in the context of the whole record. Mm-hmm. I don't think it feels that beautiful. Mm. Without the uncomfortable moments, yeah, of some of the, some of the promises kept totally. You totally. know, hearing hearing some of those those wild, point. you know, wild shit that that Pharaoh's throwing down. Totally. You know, some of these totally. wild notes that that he's throwing out. That's yeah. like where that tension is built. Totally, and then you're getting into this like beautiful song. Absolutely, yeah, man. I mean, and every single solo on this tune are, uh, is so beautiful like the bass solo is amazing and then also man at 220 when the guitar solo comes in and just sort of the way that he like skates over it rhythmically and sort of like plays like sort of fast you know like this line I know we just listened to it but if you can pump in like this right here at 230 until 237 just like he's just throwing down this rock and roll solo yeah dude it's just (laughs) like man like that's you know like but it's not it's not like like it means a lot more because you know that he doesn't need like it's not like that's the only thing he can do you know what i mean especially if you go listen to more and more of his stuff like he's just like just has this real I, I really trust this is something that we've come up with a handful of times on this podcast but I really trust like where he's coming from musically when I listen to him solo I give him a big benefit of the doubt I give everybody on this record a big benefit of the doubt um, that like everything that they're doing is like just what they're hearing in the moment and that they're just like being really vulnerable and honest and like exploring the music and that's the most exciting thing for me as a listener to listen to you know um, and yeah, I mean this this tune, man. This tune, I would wake up listening to Blind Willie, and then I'd go to bed listening to Who Does She Hope to Be. You know, like this is a tune that makes me want to just like be in New York smoking a cigar while it rains. You know what I mean? Like, just like or sitting by the fire. Yeah, man. Yeah. Just like this is a yeah. beautiful song, man. I'd never heard it before. And this, it's so uh, simple. The melody, man. It's five notes. You know what I mean? Like, and and that's the thing. Coming from promises kept. It's like you know, just like exploring the whole spectrum of like, of of opportunities and of 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 like choices that you can make musically, and not just like pigeonholing into one. And I don't think that they're doing. I don't think that they're intentionally not doing that either i don't think that they're like oh we did this song this way so we have to do this song that way it's like not it's it's like a whole level below like even you know thinking about these things and it's i think a little bit more like just understanding yeah for sure man i think there's a lot of like that simplicity on this record too totally you know they're just little rock the the harmonies that he creates with the guitar with the horns yeah, like you were you were saying your buddy Eli was like yeah. he makes the guitar sound like a horn yeah, totally yep it totally. sure does yeah dude I this think- is such a cool melody all of the melodies on this record are really like singable and that's one of my favorite things about it like this yeah dude this melody is like 
such a cool like little fall you know it's like so fun it's like sort of playful you know yeah but it's also like really like triumphant and sort of like yeah I don't know it feels sort of like church you know like and then boom he just they just hit it four times and he just busts right into this solo you know for sure there's again no time wasted Another thing I love about this record is that there's no keys player. So from like a harmonic standpoint, like during the solos, like if you have a keys player that's sort of comping, like in a jazz setting, you'll have like, in a lot of jazz settings, you'll have, you know, the head, which is the written part, and then you'll go into the solos. And if you have a keys player and a guitar player, a keys player and a horn player, say the horn player is soloing, the keys player is going to be expected to comp. Or maybe not expected, but it'll often happen where the keys player is just sort of like playing with, also improvising. Everybody's improvising, but like it's understood that one person here is like taking the solo and the other right. people are there to like sort of have a conversation and help explore in the solo. But when you don't have a keys player that can literally play multiple notes at a time, right? Now you have a guitarist, you have a saxophone player, and you have a bass player who are the harmonic characteristics of the music and they can only play one note at a time for the most part right I guess guitar and bass but whatever um, they Sonny's not really comping during Pharaoh's solos for the most part so most of these solos on this record is just Elvin going in on the drums and I need to look up who's playing bass um, but that's a really cool sound um, because and it's actually I think a really hard sound to like it. It's Charnet Moffat. I don't know who this dude well, is. Well, because it's pretty empty at times. Yeah, it can be a hard sound for a lot of people to like grab onto. Like it can sound like it like especially with the fucking type of shit that they're playing, it can sound like pretty raunchy, you know? And like you might not even hear the bass if you don't have headphones on and all you hear is Elvin going yeah. and then you hear Sonny just going you know? Well I think that's like, gr- it's almost great though that the keys aren't that. there because because of the guitar tone that Sonny uses. Totally. I feel no, like a lot of that was probably maybe even get lost anyway. No, totally. And, and and it's more like naked in a way that like I think allows for like what the drums are doing and the bass to like yeah. really cut through. And it's just like there's a rawness there mm-hmm. that I think really is serving everything in the record, you know, on this record. Yeah. I like the patience and, and uh, the choices uh, Pharaoh makes too when he jumps totally. in because there's totally. times where there's especially in a song like Little Rock yeah. there's like a two minute gap totally. where he's not playing you know there's these yeah. long gaps yep. and uh, it, I, I think that makes it really cool as well I mean that's just sort of the funny thing about jazz is like if you're a horn player you like show up you play the head and then somebody takes like a four minute solo and then you just make shit up and play a four minute solo and then you play the head again and you get paid. <laughs> you know, and it's like and then if you're like in a rock band and you're like writing all these parts and this and that and like you're playing the whole time and you have all these intricate turnarounds and this and that. Yeah, fucking nobody wants to hear your shit. <laughs> his so his solo in Little Rock is really great though. When he when he comes totally. back in, 
just crushes. No, totally, man. No, I mean, absolutely. And then as you go to As We Used to Sing, this is I a track I really wanted to talk to you about for sure. Cool. Yeah. Well, go ahead, man. Lead, lead, lead the way. What do you think? Um, this is a cool track. Um, I, this is another one that it goes pretty far out at times, especially from the whole one minute mark to the three minute mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. Right. So this is the end of the head. The head being the written part. So the the written part ends at 108, and now we're just like into solo territory. Yeah, this is one of those moments where I'm just, while all of this is going on, I'm really impressed with how everybody keeps it together. Totally. Well, while it's someone still, is sol- soloing on this yeah, level. Yeah, totally. And especially for Elvin. Yeah. For the drummer. Yep. So as as someone that plays a lot of jazz, what are you, what are you focusing on during moments like this to keep everything together? Like, what are you grabbing onto? Well, the bass player. Obviously. I, yeah, the bass like, player. I that. The bass player and the drummer are still, like, everything is still, like, in time, you know? And everything is still, like, within whatever agreed on tonality yeah. they have. So, like, they, there's, like, sort of, like, resolution points that you might hear where, like, if if it's, like, you know, say it's like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, ba, two, three, four, da, 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 ga, or maybe it's less frequent. And then all you're doing is sort of like making mirages where you're sort of like, maybe not intentionally, but like this is what, where you get sort of like this feeling of like elasticity in jazz where you're like, whoa, it felt like it slowed down or it felt like it sped up. And then everybody just came in out of nowhere. How did they know that? And it's like, certain musical sort of mirages sort of like with that Todd Terry one that I was telling you where he was playing a triplet one triplet two triplet which is based in three one two three two two three but instead of playing one two three one two three he was voicing it as one two one two do do da da do do da da do do but do do da do do da 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 da. But if I keep going like that and I change where I'm clapping, do do da da 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 do. So whatever you're doing is still with everything. Yeah, like you're you're just able to sort of like create a 
uh, and elasticity. And if you're playing with people that are as good as these guys are, like the bass player is not going to be thrown off by your little things. Yeah. And they might even say, oh, cool, this is an opportunity for me to fuck some shit up too and throw the listener off even more. And then boom, everybody has this shared concept of time and you you sort of can can then, you know, then, I mean, it always comes back to just listening to the soloist. And I guarantee you what Elvin's doing and what I would try to be doing is not thinking about anything, but just listening to the soloist. And you can do anything. Like if, if he's playing really fast, you can also burn up with him. Or if he's playing long and slow, you can burn up instead to juxtapose. You know what I mean? Or you can play slow and sludgy and, and, uh, and sludgy and, and just like, you know, lots of cymbals, you know, if he's playing really fast or if the bass player is giving you this idea, you can just sort of jump off of it. But so, so it's sort of a non-answer, but I think that what you're hearing is just, this is why people talk about jazz like it's a musical conversation. You know what I mean? Right. It's right. just like people are listening to each other. They're not thinking about, like you and I aren't, you're not thinking about what you're going to say when you're listening to me talk right now. You know what I mean? And it's not that you're not thinking about it, but you're not thinking about it because you wouldn't be listening. You know what I mean? Like you're able or to hopefully you're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're you're able to process like what I'm doing while still understanding like your role in the conversation. And that's like what these guys are doing. But instead of with words, they're doing it with instruments, you know, Um and yeah, this this thing is still just in time. You know what I mean? It's still perfectly yeah. in time. If you were to watch Elvin, like, I mean, he's not keeping time, aka like playing something routinely, um, like a hi hat. But like, but he's just steady as he he's, goes. The he's whole keeping time, time with every dude. with everything else. He might be instead of keeping time with the hi hat on two and four, like a more traditional jazz approach. He's he's playing all these triplets, but it's left foot, right hand, left hand, foot, foot, right hand, right hand, foot, left hand rest you know what i mean like he's still marking all of that so he's still keeping the ball rolling and so is the bass player um i just fucking love the drumming on on this song in particular but the whole record totally man i mean and it gets that moment to breathe toward the end like at the six six minute mark a little little breath of fresh air totally i love the drumming oh sorry go ahead oh no you're all right I love the drumming on the next two songs a lot as well. And I think that if we can play just the first the first minute here of Many Mansions, um, just yeah. to listen to how Elvin... Damn, maybe we should play the first two minutes. All right. Whew. Well, before we get into that, <laughs> to go along with that question I yeah, just yeah, asked yeah, you, yeah, yeah. is there ever i i know i i understand what you're saying to you know as far as you know it being a conversation mm-hmm. but when things are that far out mm-hmm. at times mm-hmm. is there ever a point for you as the player where something is distracting and is that you know like is that does that come about um i don't know if distracting would be the word or I is that just that- being a fucking great player yeah, well, I think that like distracting being the word would be like sort of a maybe an issue with like the mindset that you'd be going into the the music with. You know what I mean? Okay. But um, I think that like in a situation, you know who's like the focal point, the soloist, and if they're doing something, like your job is to sort of 
I mean, your job as a drummer is to keep the thing going. And, yeah. you know, that means to be respectful with dynamics and touch and feel. And and that doesn't necessarily mean playing quiet, as you see, like, he's just banging away. But, like, it's. I think that... Um, I think that, you know, anything that could be seen as distracting, I think maybe should, or maybe not should, but I would try to see it as like uh, having a lot of identity, <laughs> you know what I mean? That I can like yeah. then like piggyback off of, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like some things will catch my, you know, because like you're always, sometimes you're like composing within the solo, like even though you're the, you're Elvin there and like Pharaoh's soloing or Sonny's soloing, but like you're sort of composing within you're comping, you know what I mean? And like, yeah. oh, then something, then then he, he throws something on the wall that like makes you want to react somewhere else and make a turn. So, and it's all happening so fast and the whole like idea of just being like elastic within the moment and like not not needing to uh, hold on to anything too close, uh, I think is like the sign of a mature musician because like when you listen back to shit, like, when you listen back to yourself play, like if I listen back to myself play and like something did like throw me off, which has definitely happened in the past, like that was like, that's, that's not their fault. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like oftentimes it's like, Oh, like I wasn't in it enough to hear that. You know what I mean? And not that it's even like fault based, but it's just like, it's all about the mindset of being sort of like, yes, you know, like wherever we go, you know? Gotcha. So, yeah, and that's sort of the same thing here. So, like, with Manny Mansions, like... Yeah, this, let's get in this first uh, couple minutes. Yeah, this tune starts with an open drum solo, and Elvin's just, like, this type of stuff. I don't know. Tell me if this is in- inspiring or interesting to you, like, because this is sort of an esoteric drum solo. Like, you don't know what I, the fuck I love is going the, on. I love the opening of this track. Okay, cool. Yeah, man. I think it's great, and I think it just sets a really cool tone for totally. a tune that's really heavy. Totally. Yeah, this shit sounds like fucking Black Sabbath, like, jazz. You know what I mean? When these heads come in, like... Yeah, man, and it gets really anthemic in a totally, way, Totally. Totally, dude. It feels yeah, like man. something really big is going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's, what I, that's what I like about the opening totally. drum solo. goes off on this song dude yeah man trying to 
find that moment where the Pharaoh like really kicks some shit. I guess it's uh, just from like that two minute mark on for for the next couple minutes. Yep. Pharaoh is. He starts getting it. real stupid at like four thirty. Just like those licks at four thirty. So cool. Ooh, and then what Elvin does in response to that. So cool. Yeah, man. The playing on this record is so fucking good. <laughs> Just across the board, man. This totally, is, man. Like I said, this is one that really, really hit heavy. Like the first... The first time I had the chance to like listen to it, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's a there like when you first recommend like when we first decided to do this record, there was a couple of times where I kind of had it on in the background just right. to hear what it sounded like, right. and I was like, oh, this is this is some pretty wild uh, guitar playing. We'll just move and, on by uh, you though, man. Yeah, it's yeah. like this is a sit down record, you know. And like, then, yeah, when I when I had those first couple of sit downs with it, yeah. I was just like, dude, this is fucking incredible, right? Mind and blowing. This tune, once upon a time, is other than who does she hope to be this is my favorite tune in 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 that it is so abstract i love how like impressionistic it is you know what i mean like it feels like so like you have elvin playing his snares are off so he's got all these sort of really tom sounds going on yeah i was gonna i, I have that noted that it's just yeah. the, the sound of the toms on this track yeah man are the tuning is wild And then, and then this guitar is like one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard, man. And it just comes in, and it's like, Elvin is like, my I don't know exactly what, like the concept is that they're thinking of, but like, if I was trying to play this song based off of this, I would just say, okay, I'm gonna just try to sound like this, and then like the guitar player is just gonna like not listen to me really, <laughs> and just gonna play, cause like I don't think that they're like. I think Elvin is just sort of painting, you know what I mean? Like, he's just laying a foundation, you know what I mean? Like, there's no time, you know what I mean? Like, the time is happening from... It's like he walked in the room and just started doing some shit, and then everybody else picked up their instruments after him. And and they were like, yo, like, we don't need to, like, follow, like, this. We don't need a beat. Like, it's like the guitar is the timekeeper, and it feels, like, really, like... It feels such like a... uh, like so lyrical, it feels so like singing. You know what I mean? Like improvisational. Like like it just feels like. Whew. And then that guitar comes in at two fifteen, and it's just like. Shit makes you want to cry, dude. Honestly, it's like 
uh, so beautiful. It's so triumphant. Yeah, it's just like, like around that two thirty mark. It just when everything comes together. It's triumphant. So it's also like sort of like tragic too. You know what I mean? Like I can I, I hear like it's not just like victory. I don't hear victory as much as I hear just like could be a some funeral. sort of like longing. <laughs> yeah, or like yeah. pain. You know, like yeah, and and that and this. So like that's the thing that I love about this track is that amidst a bunch of other songs that are really out and burning they find a way to still be out and burning but like not in this other way that's been doing the whole record with the exception of the ballad you know it's just like this thing is so lyrical like man this shit i would want to like imagine hearing this as like an orchestra piece you know what i mean it'd be so beautiful and it's just these these four you know like it's amazing it's amazing yeah i love this track man this is this is definitely one of my favorites for sure and uh are you familiar with this dude bill bill laswell that produced this record um sounds familiar but no just a, i don't know it says he's uh american bassist composer and music producer hmm starting in 78 and uh was the producer on this record cool um, i don't even know what it's like to what it means to produce this record that's what i was thinking i i saw that in the notes that that he produced this record and i've just uh i guess i've never really thought about a producer taking a lot of place in in a jazz record like right, this right have you are you familiar with situations like that um situations like what like having a producer on a jazz record is that common um yeah i think so but like not on shit like this you know what i mean like not on a this like post bop experimental like free jazz thing because like let me let me look this up um I feel like I would maybe expect there to be a, a producer maybe on a bad, bad, not good record where there's, you know, jazz fusion, well, <laughs> like elements of jazz. This dude, Tio, Tio Macero, is like very, a very famous jazz producer. Um, and he like helped, he was like a big arranger. And uh, like, I, I think that the role of a, of a producer in a more traditional jazz setting is maybe to help, um, maybe to help put the band together in certain situations. Okay. Um, also to help sense. compose or like help arrange maybe. Um, mm -hmm. But like, that's what I'm saying is like, I don't know what the role of a producer is like for this. You know, like, I don't know what the hell a producer is going to be like, yo, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Do gotta, that again. We got <laughs> to try to get Bill Laswell on this podcast, bro. I would love talk to. talk to him about this record. Totally. Yeah, what's, that would uh, be cool. What's Sony's deal? Is Sony uh, alive? No, RIP. Okay. Yeah. How um, long ago? Let's see. I think it Sony was. Sony Chirac. 1994. So this is just three, three years, years before man. his passing, and he, he was, was only 54, yeah. 53, yeah. 54. Young, young dude Sad at that shit. time. Yeah, man. I mean, and it, I don't know how much of Black Women you listen to, but it is so crazy. It's I like, know you told me that it's 
Um, it, it makes this record look really tame. Well, I think you even said that it's almost like too out for you at times. It is. I have to be in some type of fucking mood to to really like say, all right, let's do this. But, you know, I love Blind Willie. That record is just even more sort of like experimental and like just like all over the place. I'm literally buying this record right now. <laughs> I'm so uh, happy. That I'm going to pick this up it. next time I'm at the record store or I'm going to grab think they, one online. I don't know if they have it. This looks I like, don't know, oh, man. no, it's estimated to ship out in November. All right. Well, I'm going to pick one up when it comes out. I'm hopping on the pre-order, man. Um, also, shout out to Stone's Throw. Got that Meek Mill Volume 1 and 2 came. Me too. I'm so Me too. stoked about that. That is yep. so rad. And shout and, out to uh, um, International Anthem. I got my Makai McRaven. Uh uh, fucking uh, Universal Beans E and F sides. Did you get the Parker record ever? No. Nah. Oh, okay. I'm re- I'm gonna reach out to Bill Laswell and see if we can get him on for like a just a, a chat about this record, dude. To I would love that. That'd be so cool. Um, it seems like he's pretty active on Instagram. Just as of two days ago, so hell yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna message him and see what's up. Bill, what's good? Let's talk. Bill, what is good? What, what is what really the, good? What the Bill? fuck did you do? Yo, I'm really stoked that you told me how much this record meant to you and that I did not pass up the opportunity to dive in with you because this is honestly probably one of my favorite records that we've done so far. That's awesome, man. That that makes me happy to hear that. Cause yeah, man, I mean this record like definitely, definitely changed my shit. I mean hundred well, percent. Yeah, I 100%. know Pharaoh. Pharaoh's got a big impact on yep. you and the the high pulp crew. Totally, man. Totally. Shout so. out to Eli for uh, showing me this. You know, I learned a lot of good music. Eli was the one that showed me Jay Dilla. You know. Okay. It's like, yeah, man. Eli's Eli's doing his thing. For sure, man. But um, um, what yeah, do you want to what do what are we teasing for volume 10 of this thing, man? What, um, well, what are you going with? I'm going to go with the spiritualized record because I've only heard that record one time and uh, I'd love to dive deeper into it because it was cool. just like one of those things that that really uh, as soon as I heard it, I was just like, what the fuck are we listening to? It was, it was definitely one of those moments. So we're going to do spiritualized. And, you know, um, I've only listened to that record once as well that's very cool very yeah cool. i'm just uh, like i was like i've been meaning to like dive in on that and like let's let's do it so we're doing spiritualized and the title of that record is ladies and gentlemen we are f- floating in space yes so um, we're gonna do that and then what are we doing so uh, you sent me this my picks you sent me this jimmy chamberlain this is the dude from smashing pumpkins director he's a, he's incredible man I've That's seen this crazy, band. Man. I've seen this band play on their on the when he put when they put out the first record, I saw them on that tour. Okay. Yeah. Um so. I'm I'm leaning towards that. I'm also curious about this peripheral vision. I can't lie though, I think let me see. I I And no shade to the know. other shit you threw at me. Like the Shabazz, I almost went with the Shabazz Palaces. I honestly like am not the biggest Kate Bush fan as far as her her vocally. That's not my shit. Yeah. So, um, Have you? Do you know that record though? 
I I I skim through. I know right. running up that hill. Right. I really like. There's a placebo version of that song, which I think is fucking incredible. Sierra loves that fucking version too. I was giving uh, shit. Dude, it's so good. Shout out Sierra. <laughs> <laughs> she, she knows what's good. <laughs> that that's an amazing version of that song. But um, um, I don't know, man. This so this thing about the peripheral vision. I I I think I might like it. I also think that I might not. <laughs> I th- my my th- I think that you will like elements of of turn of that turnover record. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see you maybe feeling like a lot of it uh, sounds the same. Yeah, that's sort of what I'm Each hearing. Song, is the guitar tone is the same. Uh, the everything. guitar tone is the same, and it is um, that is very much the vibe. I think the lyrics are really amazing on that record. So that's that's a huge. I mean that that's like one of those records I've listened to, um, on just has been heavy in the rotation i found out about that band through pine grove just kind of like that, listening that to a pine sense. grove station yeah that's and, what i was gonna uh, say and also like that's a i i really like the progression of that band like each of their records are really different and especially the last two feel a lot different than peripheral vision and uh it's just a lot of peripheral vision is a lot of big hooky choruses and then the bridges and breakdowns are where right. you get like some variation and uh it's not anything that's gonna you know like there's not gonna be a lot of curveballs but it's just like a lot of pretty melodies and i think like a lot of great lyrics so right that's kind of where it's at with that i don't know man i could go either way this i think that this jimmy chamberlain i mean this dude's a drummer so like right i think yeah it's a jazz record yeah um with yeah okay. i feel like it it's uh i think that's it would be cool just because I think it's a different take on jazz. You know, I think it totally. has some '90s alternative elements to some of the. Uh, some yeah, of I mean, the it almost sounds so. sort of like proggy. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's just, it sort of sounds like heavy petting, one of my favorite. But they just put that bands. out. That's a that's a 2020 release, maybe last month or so. And uh, all right, I, let's, I think let's it's do great. this. Let's do this one. I'll, I'll throw a peripheral vision maybe your way again or maybe maybe i'll throw one of those songs in a in a when we do a playlist episode which we maybe after volume 10 we'll do a playlist episode yeah dude my idea that i whew. yeah your drunken idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah mine's only going to be southern hip-hop though so you can you can do like i'll you bring know, all the indie rock you can do sad sad boy indie and i'll do you know gunplay zero mike jones that'll be fun for sure it'll be good what do you want to play the uh the sunny record out you pick man go ahead we uh i I picked i picked who does she hope to be i think once upon a time is just as beautiful but if you want to show some burning shit um you could show i mean these songs are so long yeah i would say little rock little rock i don't know little rock or once upon a time man all right, I'm going to flip this lighter, and if it lands heads up, it's uh, Little Rock. And if it's back, all right, it's Little Rock. All right, so we're going to play it out with Little Rock from Ask the Ages. Also, the album, the album art from uh, this record is really dope. I've purchased and, it. And uh, apparently it's now available on vinyl. So uh, I think it might be a Vinyl Me Please exclusive. All right, man. 
right. uh, I'll put all the links in the episode notes. We'll uh, see about maybe uh, having Bill Laswell on for a uh, bonus episode if he's responsive. I'd love to just chat with him for even, you know, 20, 30 minutes just about making this record with the gang. I'm sure you'd right. have a lot of great shit to say with the the legendary players that, that made up this. Uh, no doubt. This band on this record, man, is fucking insane. So. And a uh, quick plug for Inside Voices dropping two singles on October 30th. Finally, there's a new record label out there in the world. I'll and, put the link uh, for that in the uh, episode notes as well. Uh, Teleporter and uh, Sun King, both artists have been featured on DCP. So, coming at you. Also, the uh, the reissue of High Pulp's Bad Juice is also available as well now. So you should uh, you should get yourself maybe one of those if you don't know what's good with that. Those uh, that reissue that double vinyl is, is looking real fucking dope. Yeah, I like the color scheme that uh, that uh, came out with that. <laughs> yeah. I think you need one more. This is a uh, bad juice is out. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to the the King Underground. King Underground. (laughs) Inside Voices. I can go for days, man. I tell you what. Teleporter. Sun King. All right, man. (laughs) Well, it's always a it's always a pleasure to catch up with you in this way. No doubt, man. And if there's one thing I know about you, I know that you dig records. I dig records, man. I tell you what, if there's one thing I dig. <laughs> it is records. So ridiculous. Uh, that's a wrap, everybody. Playing it out with uh, Little Rock. See y'all next time. That's it. Love you, cuz. Later, cuz. Love you. <laughs> <laughs>